Hey, well, welcome back to Open Life. I am excited to uh, dive into today's talk, something that has been challenging me at the core over the last few weeks is really praying prayers that would surpass even this generation, would surpass my lifetime, praying prayers and believing for things from God that might not be able to even happen when I'm alive, thinking long. And uh, uh, there's a passage that talks about prayer that you just have to know if you're considering asking big things of God. Ephesians 3, 20 through 21 says, Now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Uh, as I was looking at the thought of praying big prayers and and things that'll bear fruit beyond me even, uh, believing for impossible things. This passage comes to mind, but as well, a book I read years ago came to my mind. I don't know if you've read The Circle Maker by Mark Batterson. Uh, a great read, challenges you on dreaming big and praying for great things. Uh, you could get it obviously on Amazon or wherever, or get the 40 day devotional, which will just walk you through how to pray and break it down. But the, the story in this book about the circle maker, I, I wanna share with you. It's a story, a legend, if you will, about a guy named Honey. Let me dive in. It was the first century BC and a devastating drought threatened to destroy a generation, the generation before Jesus. Uh, the last of the Jewish prophets had died off four centuries before. Miracles were such a distant memory that they seemed like a false memory. I mean, just think about that. The stories had faded. God was nowhere to be heard, but there was one man, an eccentric sage who lived outside the walls of Jerusalem who dared to pray anyway. And even if the people could no longer hear God, he believed that God could still hear them. When rain is plentiful, it's like an afterthought. Here in the Northwest, we don't even like rain. Why would we ever pray for that? But during a drought, it's the only thought. And Honey was, was their only hope because he was famous for his ability to pray for rain. And so it was on this day, the day that Honey would earn his nickname, with a six-foot staff in his hand, Honey began to turn like a math compass and, and drive that, that six-foot staff into the ground. His circular movement was, was just precise, and he began to enclose himself within a circle. He, he 90 degrees, 180 degrees, you know, 270 degrees, 360 degrees had never looked up. He never looked up during this to see the crowd that looked on. After what seemed... Uh, like hours, but had only been seconds, Honey stood inside the circle that he had drawn. Then he dropped to his knees and raised his hands to heaven. And with the authority of the prophet Elijah, 
who called down fire from heaven, Honey called down rain. Lord of the universe, I swear before your great name, I will not move from this circle until you've shown mercy upon your children. I can imagine those words sent a shudder down the spine of those who looked on him that day during a massive drought. It wasn't just the volume of his voice, it was the authority of his tone. Not a hint of doubt, this prayer didn't originate in the vocal cords like water from an artisan well. The words flowed from the depth of his soul, his convictions. His prayer was resolute, yet humble, confident, yet meek, expectant, yet unassuming, says. Then it happened. His prayer ascended to, to the heavens and raindrops descended to the earth. An audible gasp swept across the thousands of congregants who had encircled Honey. Even, every head turned heavenward as the first raindrops parachuted from the sky, but Honey's head remained bowed. He had yet to look up. The people rejoiced over every drop, but Honey wasn't satisfied with the sprinkle. Still kneeling within the circle, Honey lifted his voice over the other sounds of celebration, and he said, Not for such rain have I prayed, but for rain that will fill cisterns, pits, and caverns. The sprinkle turned into such a torrential downpour that the eyewitnesses uh, uh, said that every raindrop, there was no raindrop smaller than an egg in size. It rained so heavily and so steadily that the people fled to the Temple Mount to escape the flash floods. And Honey stayed inside the circle. Once more, he refined his bold request. Not for such rain have I prayed, but for rain of thy favor, blessing, and graciousness. Then like a well-proportioned sun shower on a hot and humid August afternoon, it began to rain calmly, peacefully. Each raindrop was a tangible token of God's grace. And they didn't just soak the skin, they soaked the spirit with faith. It would be forever remembered as the day that thunderclaps applauded the Almighty. The day puddle jumping became an act of praise. The day the legend of the circle maker was born. It had been difficult to believe the day before the day. The day after the day, it was impossible not to believe. The, peoples who, the people whose lives had been saved celebrated Honey like a, like a hometown hero. Someone who just won the, the final score. An athlete who just set, did the final score for a state championship. He was lauded as the hero, right? But some within the Sanhedrin called the circle maker into question. A faction believed that drawing a circle and demanding rain dishonored God. Maybe it was the same members of the Sanhedrin who would criticize Jesus for healing a man's withered arm on the Sabbath, a generation later. They threatened Honey with excommunication, but because the miracle could not be reputed, Honey was ultimately honored for his act of prayerful bravery. The prayer that saved a generation was deemed one of the most significant prayers in the history 
of Israel. The circle he drew in the sand became a sacred symbol. And the legend of Honi, the circle maker, stands forever as a testament to the power of a single prayer to change the course of history. Today, our big idea is there is power in bold prayers. There's power in bold prayers. How, how bold are you praying? Matthew 17, 20 says, Jesus tells the people there, I tell you the truth, if you had faith even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it would move. Nothing would be impossible. We keep hearing this. We heard it, heard it in Ephesians 3, and nothing will be impossible if we'll just reach out to God. The earth, earth has circled the sun over 2,000 times since Honey prayed his prayer within a circle in the sand. And God is still all about miracles happening within circles. Um, the timeless truth illustrated within this ancient legend is, is just as true now as it was then. Bold prayers honor God and God honors bold prayers. God isn't offended by uh, your biggest dreams or, or boldest prayers. I think when he would be offended is if, if we offered anything less as a request. And he'd just be saying, come on, Thad, pray bolder. Pray bolder. If your prayers aren't impossible to you, maybe we need to lean into these two passages and, and respond to the challenge. Maybe we need to ask, why am I not praying impossible, bold prayers? Let's pray something that requires divine intervention. Let's ask God to part the sea or make the sun stand still or make an iron axe float. All things that were requested in the Bible. What, what is an equal prayer of faith today? Process that. There's nothing God loves more than keeping promises, answering prayers, performing miracles, fulfilling dreams. That's who he is. That is what he does. And the bigger the circle we draw, the better because God gets more glory. The greatest moments in life are the miraculous moments when we draw a circle around an impossible situation in our lives and invite God to intervene, and he does. And we have the story to tell. I promise you this, God is, is ready and waiting for you to call upon him, to believe for the impossible. I have no idea what circumstances you're thinking of already, just me asking. What are you processing as an option of something impossible to pray for that you've just not dared to ask? But I encourage you, your dream can be fulfilled your, the promises of God can be kept in your life and a miracle can be performed. I think of Paul encouraging the Ephesian church and he said this right at the beginning of the book of Ephesians 1, 16. He says, I've not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called, his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. I also pray that you will understand 
His incredible greatness, the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in him. What is it? <laughs> the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in him. Wow, what a phrase. There is the same, it's the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead, seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now he is far above any rule, authority, power, leader, or anything else, not only in this world, but also in the one, the world to come. Man, it is absolutely imperative at the outset of this that we grasp some life-changing truths. Yes, bold prayers require some understanding of God's character. And I look at this and go, man, his incredible greatness and power is at work within us. We need to understand our first thought. God is for you. God is for you. And I just believe when you believe that, you're going to ask for greater things than if you think God is, man, he's just the angry God against me and correcting me all the time. No, what if he's, he's for you and his power, it says, God's power for us who believe. God's for us. If you don't believe that, then you'll, you'll pray small, timid prayers, afraid you'll get scolded or you'll be wrong. But if you believe God's for you, and when you believe that, you'll pray big, audacious prayers. One way or other, your small, timid prayers or big, audacious prayers will change the trajectory of your faith, of your life, and, and, and turn you into a totally different people. Prayers or prophecies. We're declaring truths of God in advance. And, and they're the best predictors of our spiritual future. Who you become is de determined by how you pray. Does that challenge you? Because ultimately the transcript of your prayers becomes the script of your life. Man, open life was not even one year old. It was almost one year old. And uh, March of 2011, which was just after we turned one year old, we uh, had a significant moment in the church. We moved from the, the Bonnie Lake Regal Theater to Victor Falls Elementary for our Sunday services. From the outside looking in, it was just a, a location change. But from the inside, it was an incredible miracle and provision for God. In the fall of 2009, when we were looking for a facility due to the cost of the Regal Theater, uh, we uh, began to pray, God, show us where we're going to meet. We knew we could not afford to continue at the Regal Theater. And uh, we began to pray for schools and pray for facilities and say, where, where are the spaces, Lord, for us? And uh, the schools were all, all either under construction or already rented. One of the schools that was yet to be committed out as a rental was a brand new school, Victor Falls Elementary. And... Uh, when the remodel wrapped up, we made the ask in November. On November 10th, uh, we, we asked for the opportunity to, for God to open up this facility. We gathered at 10 a.m. on November 10th, 2010. It was freezing, and we gathered with uh, some volunteers, some leaders, um, 
some uh, uh, of the staff, and we just said, would you gather and let us worship in this facility? We're asking for you to do a miracle, God, and open the doors here. Uh, we even circled the building at the end. We, we walked around it and just claimed that God would open the doors to that. I remember uh, after that, sitting in the district assistant superintendent's office of the Sumner School District at the time and, and asking for the favor and ability to gather in this newly remodeled school. They don't rent newly remodeled schools for over a year usually, but this one had just finished and just saying, we would love to gather here. We need, we can't afford to continue at the Regal, kind of shared the story. And I was believing we had circled the school and I was ready for a yes. And after sitting there and having a dialogue, I got a no. <laughs> and it was discouraging. I was like, what's our next step? We had been praying and believing for God's direction. And so we kept the faith. I'm, I'm just eternally optimistic. Those who know me get that. I just always am going to think this will work out, you know. And, and so we pressed on. We pressed on as a church to become mobile. We weren't mobile. We started acquiring what was necessary. And we, we were told maybe that we could rent this school that was out where nobody lived. This little area called Cascadia, now Tahale where there's thousands of people, but Donald Eisenman Elementary, they might be a possibility, but there was nothing out there for miles. It was like a ghost town at the time. And so we just were praying, Lord, whatever your will is, open up the door. So right at the beginning of 2011, the school district let us know, we may be open to having you rent Donald Eisenman Elementary. And uh, so we began to move forward with the assumption that was the school. We went out and filmed videos and were ready to cast the vision for it. And right before we pushed play on that video, we got the call from the school district that said, you know what? We would like you to, instead of Donald Eisman Elementary, we want you to do Victor Falls Elementary. And they opened the door to us. We moved in March of 2011. And that building we circled God answered those prayers. Now, here's what's crazy. We didn't only circle that building. We were praying for every school. I remember the school district would not ever rent out their high school for any reason uh, to, to a regular weekly commitment. And uh, we, we moved into Victor Falls in March and April and May and June and the floors started to deteriorate in the school. And here's this church meeting in it every week. And they decided, man, instead of telling you guys you can no longer rent a school, we're just gonna move you. You've been great here. We've enjoyed having you. We're gonna move you from Victor Falls Elementary to the high school and we had three days to move. And I remember nobody being able to rent the high school and how we just saw that as God's favor, which continued again in 2020 when we moved into the Performing Arts Center, the brand new Performing Arts Center for nine whole weeks of worship, right? But to us, God continued to answer our bold prayers. And he's been continuing since the fall of 2010 when we had the faith to circle a building. You know what? I've 
I've circled many buildings in our community. I've circled many cities in our community, taking walks. Even when Preston was little, we would go from city to city and we would circle Buckley, we would circle Wilkeson, we would circle South Prairie, we would circle Bonnie Lake, we would circle these communities and believe God, give us these cities. There's people who need to know you here. Give us people and places and spaces. And the favor has continued. And we could look here at 2020 and we could say, but, but Thad, we're, we're not gathering right now. I'm watching you online and we're not in the Performing Arts Center. Not right now, but God's going to continue to shock us with the next answered place and space. God's for us. And he's way ahead of us in answering our prayers that started 10 years ago. Are you believing that big? <laughs> Thought two, we all have something to circle. What are you circling? What are your prayers for? In Matthew 20, you can read Matthew 20, 29 through 32. Jesus went on, was on his way out to, to Jericho when two blind men held him like a taxi. They're like, you know, Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. Lord, Lord, you know, and, and got Jesus' attention. The disciples saw it as a human interruption, but Jesus sees it as a divine appointment. So he stops and responds with, with a pointed question that's kind of surprising if you think about it. These are, these are two blind men hailing him, asking him to stop and have mercy on them. But he asks, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? And seriously, is that question even necessary? Isn't it obvious that they want to see or that they want Jesus to touch their eyes, they're blind, yet Jesus forced them to define, define exactly what they wanted. He wanted them to initiate it, to verbalize it, to express their desire and spell it out. And then Jesus did the miracle. He wanted to make sure they knew what they wanted and that's where drawing prayer circles begins. It's knowing what to circle. It's knowing what we're praying for. What if Jesus asked you that very question? What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? Would you be able to spell out the promises and miracles and dreams God has put in your heart? I'm afraid many of us would be dumbfounded and we'd go, what do you, I don't know, Jesus, just move. Would we be able to ask specifically for something impossible for him to accomplish? And until we do, we need to keep searching. We need to keep journaling. We need to keep writing and preparing our spirit. While God is for us, most of us have no idea what we want God to do for us. He's for you and he's waiting to do something. So request it. That's what prayer is. It's not just a boring conversation we discipline ourselves to do. Man, that's uninspiring. No, let's inspire God with great hope, great faith, great requests that are specific. Well-developed faith results in well-defined prayers and well-defined prayers result in a well-lived life. Like the two blind men outside Jerusalem, you need 
an encounter with the Son of God today, wherever you're at in your faith journey. You, you need this moment. You need an answer to the question. He's still asking, what do you want me to do for you? Obviously, the answer to the question changes over time. You're going to have different requests in different seasons. We need different miracles during different seasons. And right now, what do you need God to do for you? Our action step today is pray bold prayers. We need to be praying bold prayers that outlive us even. I don't know what you need to ask for personally, but for the, the past 11 years, I've been praying for 80,000 people right here in our radius, in our reach, in our blast zone, Bob Goff would say. Uh, we need to reach these 80,000 people who can drive by a church with no regrets, not even giving it a second thought. Oh, there's a church. Maybe I should think about going. No, nope, they don't, don't even process that. Our neighbors, our coworkers, those who attend school with you. These are the people I've been praying for. I've been believing not only to reach them, but that we would reach people who would be burdened to reach people. And it would go way outside of anything we control. I believe we will lead hundreds of these people to Jesus in our homes, in our neighborhoods, in our schools, in our workplaces, uh, in our community, in our church. We will celebrate their decisions to follow Jesus in water baptism. I'm believing the vision God gave us in January to baptize 552 of them by 2030. That's something God spoke clearly to us. And I believe the journey's going a different way than I anticipated, but I still believe it's gonna happen. I believe we need to take the time in this month of August that we're advancing in here to pray big, bold prayers for yourself, for the community, for open life. We need to pray. I think we can pray a big, bold prayer for COVID-19 to be healed and cast out of our world in the name of Jesus. Let's pray for a pandemic to stop. Not just when it slows and it trickles, not just a drip. We want to pray for a peaceful outcome and healing of COVID-19. The same as Honey circled that drought and said, no, it's going to rain, a nice rain, right? Not a sprinkle. We need to pray for space once again for open life. Boy, we haven't been here. We've been here before. This is not a new season for us. We're believing for God to open up a place for us to worship come the fall weekly. And we are praying and believing that we'll be in a health scenario that will allow that. God is gonna move. In fact, we need to be putting names on our prayers of who we want to show up when we gather. We need to become inviters again and, and bring people to experience the gospel. Be it in our home, watching our online services, or be it in an outdoor gathering, or when we come back together to the fall, there are people who need their full life and peace of mind that can only be found in a relationship with Jesus. Let's pray for that, for people and, and spaces. Pray for opportunities then, for us to, to find open doors in the community where we can serve and make an impact, the greatest impact possible within the community. Pray for peace in our country. Pray against polarized 
realization and that we can understand perspectives and be united even when we think differently. Pray for reconciliation in our country, genuine reconciliation. Pray for the generations that come behind us to comprehend the power of God because we prayed and things happened. We dared to circle the things we're asking God for. Before the first raindrop fell, Honey had had to feel a little foolish. <laughs> I mean, think about, or he was just the man, you know, but he had to just felt crazy. Standing inside a circle and demanding rain is a risky proposition. <laughs> and vowing that you won't leave that circle until rain comes is even riskier in front of a crowd. But Honey didn't draw a semicircle, leaving himself an out. He drew a full circle, complete circle. There was no escape clause, no expiration date. Honey just backed himself into a circle and said, the only way I'm exiting this circle is a divine miracle. I'm gonna believe for the impossible. Let me read it again. All glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. He's waiting to reveal himself so his glory would be known. Let's believe for the impossible. When God gives a vision, he makes provision. So let's envision what God wants us to pray for. We just need the courage to step out in faith. We have to believe that God can, that he is able. We need to do our part for the miracles to happen around us. Let's pray bold prayers. Make sure you follow this week, today. Don't, don't just say, okay, I will. Like right now, make sure you're following Open Life Church on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, version. Uh, we're gonna share some bold prayers this week. Let's agree in prayer together. Maybe you're gonna fast a meal and pray. Uh, maybe you're going to uh, just circle up your prayers and, and let us know about them. We always have the ability for you to reach out with your prayer requests, either right there on the front page of the app, just hit the prayer requests on the website or on your connect card right now. Share your prayer requests that we can help you. We want to jump in the circle with you and believe for great and impossible things. We want to pray bold prayer. We want to pray bold prayers together. And I want to start us off right now. God, I thank you for the opportunity we've had to gather today online. And it's not the same as being in person. We grieve and we miss that face-to-face, -face, uninhibited worship environment, and we are believing for it again in the name of Jesus. We pray against COVID-19 and its progress. It, it, we do not want it to grow or, or spread any further. God, stop it in the name of Jesus and bring health, bring unity, bring peace into our land and our world again by a divine move of your Holy Spirit. Come and heal our land, God. We're humbling ourselves in prayer before you and, and just praying a great prayer of healing and deliverance 
from this pandemic in the name of Jesus. God, we pray that you would come around your church, open the door for spaces and places where our people that we love in this community would be able to gather and worship you and find that power encounter and freedom in a relationship with Jesus. We pray that God, you would inspire us once again to be sharers and encouragers and we'd bring that full life and peace of mind we get to carry as those with a relationship with you to the world around us. God, I pray for your grace and your just direction for people as they contemplate what's a bold prayer I need to pray for. God, give the courage to us to circle our requests and begin to ask great things of you. God, I thank you for your faithfulness. I thank you for your word that challenges us. I thank you for the testimonies of people who've stepped out in their faith like Honey that give us the courage to follow suit. We thank you and we pray this over the church today in Jesus' mighty name, amen. God bless you. Can't wait to see you next week.